0: Welcome to the Girls Who Run the World podcast, where we're bringing you inspiring guests who are leaders in their industries. We'll be tackling topics from education and empowerment to diversity and inclusion. Together, let's learn from these incredible women. This podcast is brought to you by Our Gorongosa. We create specialty coffee with 100% of profits supporting people, wildlife, and the planet in Gorongosa National Park, Mozambique. Girls' education is one of our biggest priorities because we know girls have the power to change the world. Just like Beyonce said, who runs the world? Girls. Hello and welcome back to the Girls Who Run The World podcast. I'm your host,
1: Emily. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, if you found value in this episode, please share it with a friend or tag us on social media. It really makes our day and just helps us reach a much wider audience. So thank you. Thank you. So let's get to it. Today's episode is episode 23 featuring Sarah Jordan. Sarah Jordan is a multi-award-winning entrepreneur and the founder and CEO of U Underwear, which is a sustainable underwear business that was recently certified as the top-scoring corp in the uk and the highest scoring fashion brand globally so sarah brought a ton of experience working in different industries including the not-for-profit world and took all this as well as inspiration from a 2016 trip to uganda where she really noticed the challenges faced by women and girls who didn't have access to underwear so she really took that experience and that inspiration from her trip in 2016 and figured she could solve this issue which is so incredible so in this episode we will be chatting about how her 20 plus year career gave her that experience to really start her entrepreneurial journey. We talk about the incredible ways you is giving back to communities with their two To one give back ratio, which is super unique and just incredible to see. We also talked about why sustainability is one of the focal points for everything that you stands for and what they attribute their top scoring B Corp certification to. And lastly, we talk about how underwear and period poverty are linked to girls education and what you is doing to combat this issue. I hope you love this episode and find it as interesting and inspiring as I did. Let's get to it. Here's episode 23 featuring Sarah Jordan, founder and CEO of You Underwear. So welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Emily. Lovely to be with you. Thank you for inviting me. Our pleasure. So we like to just jump right on in and get to some important things. And I want to ask you, what are you most grateful for in your life right now?
2: Gosh, I think the the fact that I'm doing something I love on a daily basis because you don't always have that when you're working and you work so much of your life that I think it's a very fortunate position to be in when I absolutely love what I'm doing. Um, and I get to do that and make a difference every day. So I'm very thankful for that.
1: That's beautiful. And just so true. You do spend, I can't remember what the exact stat is
2: but a lot of, a, lo- a, a, big, lot. <laughs> a big percentage
1: of your life. So if you yeah. are not inspired and just interested in the work you do, this is your sign to find something else.
2: (laughs) Do something different. Yeah. I think, as you say, we do spend, I mean, it's years, obviously, and you've got to be doing something that you enjoy ultimately, if you can. Mm -hmm. Agreed. What inspires you daily? So what are some
1: ways that you draw inspiration to kind of continue the amazing work you're doing?
2: I think hearing, I guess, getting stories, back either from our customers so at the moment we've got a little pop-up shop in Oxford so I get to meet customers every day and that is amazing because either they've got our underwear they know about us or they don't but just you just have amazing conversations with people that you'd kind of never meet otherwise and the hearing about the impact of what we're doing as well so the underwear that is donated and where that goes and the people that benefit from that is hugely inspiring so just yeah, that ability to kind of connect with what we're trying to do in the business.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I love. And it's so interesting because I I love the digital world, I love social media, and there's nothing quite like talking to people in person and getting that yeah. in-person feedback. It's it's amazing.
2: It's totally different. And I I mean my background is online is in digital and tech for like 20, 25 years. But yeah, I absolutely love, I've enjoyed being in front of customers much more than I thought I would. It's quite hard work at times, but (laughs) just, you just can't have, yeah, you can't do that experience online. It isn't the same. Zoom isn't the same and you just can't make those connections. And I think it's really valuable and something that we've obviously missed over the last couple of years as well. So extra special at the moment. And I think too, with a product like yours, it must help exponentially for
1: people to actually touch and feel it and feel the quality right
2: yeah I mean because we spend a lot of time saying oh it's really soft it's nice organic cotton and they're like yeah 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 cool and then they feel it and you're like okay this is totally different and it really is soft they're lovely and just the prints that we've got so we've got the new kind of the Mara range which we call it which is basically inspired by Maasai beadwork and there's no photos that will do that justice either so Again, it just kind of, it actually stops people in their tracks when they walk past and go, look at those fancy pants, as they call them today. And it just, <laughs> it does make such a difference just doing it in real life, basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity to have at the moment.
1: Absolutely. What advice would you give your younger self if she would listen? <laughs>
2: <laughs> if she would listen? Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, she probably wouldn't. I would <laughs> say, I always think it's difficult because... I've kind of had a fairly relaxed approach to life and never really had a plan. So I've kind of just done what appeared. I would say, I think I wish she would, she, she needs to be, needed to be more confident and just go for it. Because I think you can actually achieve a huge amount by just working hard and being stubborn, probably. And so encouraging, because I think now I'm running my own business, I never ever thought I was, would do that just not something that kind of crossed my radar at all, but you can. And even if you don't know what you're doing, you can still do it. So I think having that confidence and just working out what you like and then going for it. Mm -hmm. um, I've ended up doing, but probably later than I would have otherwise. (laughs) Right. Could have been
1: earlier perhaps, but here you are all in perfect timing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's one mantra you like to live your life by?
2: I don't know whether I can say it. Just JFDI essentially, is my favorite, <laughs> option, which I'm known for because I think to counter that just doing it and confidence thing is the just just go for it. If you don't try, you will never know and you will fail by definition almost. So yeah, the just freaking do it is a l- little addition to the kind of um, well-known sports brands slogan <laughs> that I think is uh, definitely worth following. I have a similar
1: type of <laughs> approach so i love that <laughs> who or what has been your
2: biggest teacher so far in your life gosh um that's a good question i think i was trying to think of people but my memory is failing as i get older i think it's traveling actually is the best mm. thing that teaches you so much because i think you get a different perspective you get to experience different cultures different languages different areas of the world and you really appreciate what you have and you just see it just opens your mind so much and I think traveling is really really important to help us empathize and be kinder as well because I think there's so much kind of you know, different one end of the spectrum and and everybody, if you don't agree, then it's just such a negative polarized kind of debate we often have. We need to be more empathetic and see everybody as humans. And the best way to do that is to travel and meet people and recognize the amazing cultures and stuff that are around the world. And so, yeah, I think travel when we can do it, when we could do it um, is a huge benefit. Absolutely.
1: I would love to start by kind of getting the listeners situated with your earlier life so what was it like where did you grow up tell us the details
2: <laughs> I told you I didn't have a very good memory anymore um <laughs> I grew I I'm from Oxford which is where I live now in the UK about an hour outside of London which is quite unusual because Oxford's actually got quite a transient population obviously the university and every and the students and academics that are around that but actually I'm Local, which is a little bit different, not always lived here. So, I actually spent a year or so in the US growing up um, with my family and traveled around in the UK, went to university in London and then back in Oxford. I've kind of bounced between places and Oxford, always coming back here for different reasons, back here for work and yeah, jobs over time. And then I broke my leg badly a few years ago and also ended up back here again. But I love it. It's a great city. It's obviously all my friends and family here. I know it really, really well, however much it kind of changes. So, yeah, that's kind of my background. My only complaint is that it's so far from the sea. I love being by the ocean and we are about as inland as you can get in the UK. So that's my only complaint in Oxford. Otherwise, I love it. Yeah, it looks really
1: beautiful. I haven't been, but it looks beautiful. And I just think being anywhere in Europe is such a huge plus because it's so easy to travel around all the other amazing countries in Europe speaking of travel
2: (laughs) yeah I mean we are very fortunate obviously there's kind of political stuff that's happened in the UK that's made that a little bit less easy now but we are so close physically and yeah and certainly talking from North America or in Canada when I say we're a long way from the ocean it's only a couple of hours so (laughs) it's not that far in the grand scheme of things Um, So, yeah, we are very fortunate to be close to such amazing other countries and areas, really.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm definitely envious of that. (laughs) Yeah. I'd love to talk a little bit now, Sarah, about your career journey. So how did you get started and what ultimately led you into entrepreneurship and starting YOU Underwear? Because you just mentioned that you didn't really foresee yourself being an entrepreneur. So I'd love to hear how that journey unfolded for you.
2: Yeah, I I had no thoughts of doing any of this. Um, my background was actually in digital technology kind of I started in website well I originally trained in meteorology I wanted to be a weather forecaster many years ago but that was geography and computing and computing at the time was the internet which was a new thing back in the 90s um, which slightly ages myself but that so I ended up working in tech basically kind of building websites digital marketing and doing that for education companies or charities so OUP which is a big publisher here Um, and Oxfam, some of the big charities in the UK to look at how they could use technology to kind of improve what they were doing to kind of the original tech for good space. So I had what I call proper jobs for years. Um, I then set up, so it was about 20 years, I guess, kind of working across those different sectors. I then started working for myself, same areas, but just um, on a self-employed basis. And then I, 2016, I went to Uganda. So I turned I'm really not help I'm really aging myself. I turned 40, decided I wanted to do something different and kind of have a experience and kind of contribute, I suppose, give back in some way. And I went to Uganda as part of the International Marathon Programme, which was supporting communities there, volunteering, living in the local communities, and using sport and business as a way to kind of connect people, essentially. So I was volunteering out there and saw the problem of people that didn't have access to underwear, which something that i'd worked in in charities in kind of international development and seen a lot of the issues but didn't really realize how fundamental pants are underwear because particularly girls when they have their periods every month they were missing a week of school just because they don't have a pair of knickers and it's just such a fundamental thing it's literally the first thing we put on in the morning we just completely take it for granted But the impact of not having that and obvious kind of health and hygiene things. But actually, it was the access to education that really got me because from age nine or 10, the girls and the boys were going in a very different direction just because they were missing 25 percent of their school because of the underwear. And I was I really wanted to kind of do something about that because it struck me as being relatively simple in in reality it's never that simple but <laughs> i started to look into how could we provide underwear you know how how can we provide underwear how do you manufacture it discovered that obviously cotton is better for you because it's a natural fiber but actually conventional cotton is incredibly polluting it's one of the world's the world's most polluting crop and fashion generally is not a very nice industry it treats people terribly pays terribly especially women right the way through. And so I was just like, well, if we're gonna try and provide underwear, then we need to manufacture it properly and fairly and only use organic cotton because that's much less polluting. And so kind of joined those dots and ended up creating you, which stands for your own underwear because we think everybody deserves exactly that. And I had a business before. Well, I still don't even know if it's a business, but it's (laughs) I don't see it as a business, but it's my little baby that is trying to make a difference. And so I got into it kind of by accident, really just wanting to solve that problem and then ending up saying that the most sustainable long term way of doing that is to provide is to create a business. So we're not relying on grants or donations. We can actually have a sustained impact as we grow. So I also broke my ankle in Uganda and had a a year on crutches when that kind of forced me to change things. So I had that opportunity, but it proves that you can do it, that stubbornness. And without any fashion experience or any manufacturing experience, I've ended up with a little business that's trying to do that. So,
1: Wow, that is an incredible story. Thank you for sharing. There was so much that stood out to me, but I think one thing that I just want to mention before we go on to the next question is that I'm really inspired by the fact that you started this quote unquote later in life because what does that really mean? But I think there's this misconception that you hit 60 years old or even 40 and you need to be exactly set in your career or you can't start an entrepreneurship journey. And I think that's absolutely not true. And so I just, I'm really inspired by that. And I think for everyone listening, it's good to remember that it, it's actually never too late to start something
2: new. <laughs> no, definitely. And I think actually it can be an advantage because you've got much more experience and I didn't have experience in what I'm doing, but that was probably also an advantage because I could ask the stupid questions and I was going to tackle it differently because I just didn't know any better. But I definitely had other experience and uh, yeah, just the years of doing other things definitely contributes because you can apply a lot of it and just your resilience and the ways that you work and you learn a huge amount. I would definitely say that later is a good thing or certainly not a bad thing. Do it at any point. And I think you get to a point in life when you also recognize that there's more to it and you want to be doing something that you enjoy, that's meaningful, that makes a difference in whatever way that means. So, yeah, there's no better that goes back to my original inspiration of just do it. Yeah. Why not? Because you will get, you know, I don't think you're ever going to regret trying something. So however old you are, 40 is not old. It's not, (laughs) but there's
1: this, I think there's this crazy pressure in, in a lot of our society. And that's why I think it's important, especially for women to understand that it's not too late. Like to me, 40 is young, but I know a lot of people are thinking, well, you need to have things established by then. Or like we said, it's you know too late to start something new and it's absolutely not.
2: <laughs> so You've still got 20 plus probably years of work. Why not? And you do have that experience and you've got hopefully a bit more confidence and you it also running your own business and starting something can work very well. So a lot of small businesses, certainly in the UK are run by women because it's a bit more flexible and you can do it around other commitments and whether you do or don't have kids or a family or other caring responsibilities, you've, you kind of, have got something going on, a lot of interests. And so it does allow you a bit more um, and it allows you the independence and, you know, working for yourself is also, I enjoy it anyway. (laughs) I love that. So I know you really have worked to,
1: do things differently from the ground up in your business, really. And one thing that really stands out about the way you do business is how sustainable you are. And I know we are both B Corp certified. Your company though, got this wildly high score. So for those who don't know, B Corp is very rigorous and, they go through many different points of scoring your business in terms of how well it does in many different areas of sustainability. So it's hard to even, quote-unquote, pass, but to, I think, get the types of scores that your company was, it's a whole nother level. So I would just love to talk a bit about the sustainability aspect of your business and why that's so important.
2: Mm, I think, I mean, it's absolutely key to kind of what I wanted to do, I suppose, partly because the inspiration behind the business in the giving back piece, but also in doing it well, because I don't think that you need to treat people badly and destroy the planet to be successful. I think you can do it in a different way. And historically, businesses and large businesses and capitalism, corporations, however you want to kind of define it, has not done that and has treated people and paid people pretty poorly. And I think you can do. And I certainly really, really wanted to do something different um, and sort of prove that you could and that you could be successful doing that, that it wasn't just a sort of, you know, little hobby, I guess. So we've had sustainability at the heart of what we do from the start. And I think that's probably why we got such a good score, because we were just doing it like that. So when you do the impact assessment, you submit. Um, and we actually gained about 40, 30, 40 points through the verification process, which normally it's the opposite you normally get taken down by that sort of and I think it's just because we were doing stuff that we didn't even realize were sustainable or good thing it's just kind of the way that we worked so but as you said the b Corp certification is I think the most holistic and rigorous verification process that you can do because they do check every single element right across your business there's five different areas 200 points and it's just a really tough look at what you're doing For me, that's really, really important because that means that it is worth something. And I think there's so much greenwashing and there's so much now, certainly in the UK and in fashion, where people are saying big, you know, huge high street brands are claiming they're sustainable. And it's like, you blatantly not. And at least now we can kind of say, well, we are. And this is how and we're doing all of these things. So it's something that I... Yeah, I'm absolutely thrilled that we got it. It's always been a target because we've had, so we're fair trade certified. We use only got certified organic cotton. We're a living wage employer. All these kind of little things, which, well, they're not small, but just B Corp is on a different level. So it was, it's always been on my radar um, and something that I wanted to do for the business. And then when we finally got it back into last year, it's, yeah, I was very excited.
1: <laughs> yes, congratulations. We know
2: what it takes and it's a long road and journey for that. <laughs> it, is it is a very long road. I think it's, well, it's over a year, probably closer to 18 months. There's a lot of delays now, certainly here, because it's so popular. There's so many companies trying to go through it and they just don't have enough people to go through the verification. So, but that's a good thing because that's just mm-hmm. showing that it's really growing as a kind of movement and awareness. So. And I hope that it is combating some of the greenwashing stuff because it's certainly a lot of that going on.
1: Yes, absolutely. So something else that I know is, of course, so important to your business is the giving back component because it's also just woven right into how you do everything. So I'd love to chat a little bit about what exactly is the giving back component and why that's so important to you.
2: Yeah, so it... It is key because that's kind of why we started. So the sustainable, when you unpack sustainability, there's it's everything. But the giving back piece was the core because it was providing underwear because it was seeing people who didn't have access to underwear that was kind of the driver. So it was a bit of a no-brainer from my side to say, well, we want to provide underwear and how do we do that in the most sustainable long-term way so people can kind of get that and then help themselves and sort of empowering women longer term. So from right from the start we've done it um, and we partnered with a charity so our main partner is a charity called Smalls for All and they are Scottish they work uh, they're based just outside Edinburgh and they work in the UK and internationally to provide underwear for people that don't have it so in the UK it's mostly um, homeless shelters and homeless charities women's refuges sometimes school and food banks because Period poverty, which is the same challenge, essentially, um, is increasing here and a lot of people that are struggling don't have access to underwear or the period products that they need. So they do a lot of work here and then they do a lot of work across Africa in particular. So Uganda, which was the original inspiration, and I think about 15, 18 countries across Africa to provide underwear to people. So they work in rural communities, in refugee camps, in IDP camps. And they work with local organizations on the ground, which was something that was really important to me because having worked at Oxfam and seeing, you know, working locally, you can know, you can identify where the need is greatest. You're not just kind of flying in and solving the problem, but it's very much locally driven um, and that's how they worked. So we had very similar values and they've been absolutely amazing as a partner. And we've now donated, we just hit 18,000 pairs. Um, we've got a little ticker on our website, and I refreshed it this morning looking for stuff, and it's like, oh, it's just hit eighteen thousand. <laughs> <laughs> so most of that is to Small Thrall. So all our core colours, the plain colours that we have in our range, everything is on a two for one model to them. So we donate. So every pair we sell, we donate one pair, and then we've got a company that is based just outside London that supports us and matches our donations. So that allows us to kind of double the impact, and they done that for the last two years so that's amazing because it just allows us to do that buy one give two model for everything and we also donate um so our mara prints which are the bright the african inspired designs they support communities in kenya and tanzania because that's inspired by maasai beadwork we donate to a charity called future dreams for the pink collection and that's a breast cancer charity so it's kind of that connection And what else? Some of our products we donate to a charity called Just Just a Drop that is also providing hygiene and sanitation in Uganda and local businesses here. So with our shop, we've got quite a lot that is supporting Oxfordshire Association for the Blind with some gift cards and that kind of thing. So everything we do, we try and donate somewhere because I just think it's really important to give back to people and so yeah, it's kind of embedded in what we do as a business on a local scale or more internationally, depending on what we're what we're doing.
1: That's really, really incredible and super inspiring. Thanks. Good work. <laughs> <laughs> So before we get to the rapid fire round, I really want to thank you for being on the podcast and really acknowledge you for the incredible work you're doing at you and with all these amazing ways you're supporting girls and women being able to live fuller lives, maybe get better access to education. It's going to make such a big difference. So I want to acknowledge you for that.
2: Thank you. I know it's something that you are passionate about as well. So, and I appreciate that. That's very kind. Yeah. I mean, girls and education are two amazing things, particularly when you put them together.
1: Yes. Uh, We couldn't agree more.
2: (laughs) Okay. What's a book that's changed your life? Oh gosh. I read what I call the sleep book last year, which is called why we sleep, I think by Matthew Walker which changed my life. And I I got loads of copies and I sent them to my friends going, you have to read this because it is literally the best thing you can do for yourself is to get enough sleep. And as a small business owner, I do not necessarily follow the principles, but I try and I know I need to. So, and it just has a fundamental impact on every area of your life and body. So I recommend that book.
1: You're talking to the right girl because I'm quite borderline obsessed with sleep for that reason. Because once you realize that, I mean, it really is the best thing you can do for healing. So anything like that, it's going to increase your productivity. I mean, we could go on, but it really is the best tool you have to have a better life. Like I always say to people, if you start somewhere, it's your sleep. It's not even your exercise and your food, you know, other yeah. things that we talk about. It's your sleep. Because if you're not hitting that seven to nine hour mark, you're, you're running on a deficit and it's hard for your body.
2: It's, I mean, it's amazing because you kind of know but it literally will kill you if you don't get enough sleep. And there's so many small ways and big ways. And I think there's still this perception that it's about laziness if you sleep too much and you should be out there and more productive and everything. And I fundamentally disagree. And I think it's just that book is brilliant because it gives you all the facts about why it's good, not just it's good, but it's so, yes, I'm another sleep fan. (laughs) I love that.
1: (laughs) So I know you're a big traveler. So where is your
2: favorite place you've traveled? Oh gosh, this is a really difficult one because the latest country I've been is always my favorite. I would say somewhere in Africa, Uganda is the obvious one, but actually I think Namibia. I went to years ago with my partner and we hired a car and we drove around in just the most amazing scenery, people, wildlife. At the time, it was very basic and natural and a little bit terrifying, but brilliant. Absolutely, yeah. Namibia, another one on
1: my list. I'm going to have to add that to my list now too. (laughs) What's a lesson you've learned
2: recently? Oh gosh. Uh, (laughs) What's a lesson I've learned recently? Um, A lesson I'm in the process of learning because it's about whether we keep our shop and things like that is that sometimes not getting what you want is a good thing or can be the best thing. I really want to keep it. I don't know whether we're going to. And I have to see that as an opportunity as well as me not getting what I want. And sometimes it might be the best thing because another door opens and there's other things. So it's a lesson I'm trying to learn. It's very wise, Sarah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And last question here, name a woman who inspires you. Oh gosh, there's lots.
2: Um, The person that first sprang to mind is Melinda Gates because I've got her, I'm reading her book. Well, actually, I'm halfway through about six books. But I'm reading her Moment of Lift, The Moment of Lift. And there, there's so many inspiring women, but she tends to be a little bit more under the radar than some of the high profile and certainly than her husband, ex-husband. But what she does to empower women and is amazing with the foundation and just, again, through access to education and access to uh, contraception or often and just giving people the choice And what education does to empower women. And when you empower women, you empower families and communities and the world, largely. So, um, yeah, that was one on top of my list. But there's lots. I love it.
1: Well, thanks again, Sarah. This has been really amazing. And I want to make sure everyone goes and follows you and can go buy underwear from your website. So where can everyone go find you?
2: Yeah. So our website is youunderwear.com, which is Y-O-U underwear all one word and our all of our social we're on all the usual places with you underwear UK so again the you underwear and then UK on Instagram Facebook Twitter etc
1: amazing thanks
2: again Sarah thank you so much thank you for inviting me it's really nice to talk to you my pleasure
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to the Girls Who Run the World podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend who would love it. Leave us a five-star review and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. To learn more about Our Gorongosa, head over to ourgorongosa.com and find us on social at Our